0: Today, we will be moving on to the Brahma Vihara of equanimity. We've spent a number of weeks here cultivating and nourishing all these different flavors of the heart the metta, fundamental kindness, the um, compassion, the response to suffering, the joy the response to happiness and this last brahma vihara of equanimity it's uh, it's it balances out the other three and it's also a, an integral part of the other three and it's 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 a quality the, the other three are very much heart warming this cools the heart just slightly <laughs> not cool like into detachment but cool in letting go of attachment to our wishes, to what we've been wishing people. Letting go of um, attachment to results, you could say, or um, letting go of any last remaining self-referential or our self-centeredness around what we're wishing for other people. Um, So there's a couple ways that this last Brahma Vihara can be looked at. One way is impartiality. And as we've been working with the different categories, and I know we've been emphasizing most of the easy ones, I think, um, but we go through all these different categories, ourself and loved ones and difficult ones and all beings. With all of the Brahma Viharas, we're trying to cultivate this boundless heart that doesn't... uh, create separation, or make distinctions. So the impartiality is, is a sense that uh, we wish well the difficult person just as much as the loved one. Now that's the, um, that's the way we're training the heart. We understand that it's not always that way on the, um, on the journey, right? But we explore uh, um, where we get hung up and where we can really open our hearts to all beings. All beings with um, kind of an impartial, uh, without preference. So that's one way. Then the other way that we look at this quality of equanimity in the Brahma Viharas is in this quality of uh, letting go of our attachment to our wishes for others, or letting go of any contraction around metta, karuna, mudita, It's based in this deep understanding. This word equanimity, by the way, there's many kinds of equanimity. You've heard us use it, and so it's used in little different ways. As I understand it, there's ten kinds of equanimity in the Buddhist teachings. So um, fascinating. I love it. So we're talking about a specific way that it's used in the Brahma-Vihara practice. There's this underlying uh, acceptance of a human life with this last Brahma-vihara, a human life that contains both joy and sorrow, pleasure, pain. And there's an understanding that we can't control others' destiny, that we can't control other people. We can't fix them. Of course, we can help people, and we will. So there's still this caring quality with equanimity. We still care, and yet there's this letting go, this freeing the heart. So the phrases. Um, there, there are a number of different phrases we can use. The traditional phrase is, um, "You are the owner of your actions, heir to your actions. Your happiness and your sorrow depend upon your actions, and not my wishes for you. Or you are the owner of your karma, the heir of your karma." Your happiness and sorrow depend upon your actions and not my wishes for you." Now after we've been cultivating all this warm-heartedness, <laughs> it can kind of seem intense at first. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, oh, well, sorry. Tough <laughs> <Top> luck. <laughs> um, but that's not the attitude. So um, sometimes these, this traditional phrase won't work for you. Um, if it does, use it. If not, I'm going to offer a few alternatives. Um, as you can see, the, the whole law of karma is woven into um, this equanimity. This idea that, that um, the seeds we sow will be what blossoms and that that's true for all lives. So it is, it's meant to help us to accept Things as they are. It's not meant to be like a tough walk. It's meant to be this um, deep acceptance that doesn't mean not caring, doesn't mean not a- acting to help, but acceptance that this is the way things are. So, alternative phrase, just a second. This is good. An alternative phrase that I learned was, um, things are as they are. So you picture the people you've been sending metta and compassion to, and oh, things are as they are. Or this is the way things are right now. Maybe for some of you that resonates. It's finding the phrase that resonates, that um, brings acceptance, but also still keeps you connected. Um, Another phrase, I care for you, And I can't control your happiness and unhappiness. So if that resonates, I care for you and I can't control your happiness or your unhappiness. Or another phrase is, um, all beings have their own journey. Or I respect that you have your own unique journey. Maybe that feels a little kinder to people, so you can use that if it does. It's really an attitude of respect, this last Brahma Vihara. I think of it as respect. We're really respecting people to live their own lives. We're trusting them to live their own lives. We're caring but yet not overwhelmed by our caring, by our need to fix other people. It's freeing in that way. I don't have to fix you. We're understanding that ultimately we're not responsible for other people's happiness. So if we grew up feeling like we were responsible, this can be very liberating. And again, it doesn't mean that we don't do anything or we don't care. It's just that we're, we don't have to accept more responsibility than the situation calls for. And so, then, so those are the phrases. And the order is... Um, we usually start with a neutral person. I don't know if you've been working much with a neutral person, because, like I said, we focused, I think, mainly on the easier categories. Um, so, if you haven't, if you have a neutral person you've been uh, cultivating these Brahma, Brahma viharas for, you can start with that person. If you don't have a neutral person you've been working with, start with um, somebody, a friend, but. If you can, start with one where there's not too much attachment. So go for the kind of the lighter friend, um, acquaintance, or whatever. But, uh, but we're going to use people we've already been using, so we're not going to introduce new people. I, I think that's important to use people we've already been working with because um, I want you to have still the juice of the metta and the compassion and the mudita. I want you to have that juice while you're doing the equanimity. Um, so, so use people that you've already been working with. And the reason why I want us to do it that way is because that's to protect us from falling into the near neighbor of equanimity, which is indifference. Indifference, not caring. So that's, that can masquerade as equanimity, but it's not. It's pseudo-equanimity. It's like, well, you have your own karma. <laughs> it's kind of like that, right? It's, it, 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 we can sense it's a pulling back. It's not connected. We want to stay connected and yet recognize that everybody has their own journey. So traditionally, we start with neutral, and then we go to a good friend, then benefactor. It's, it's interesting, the order, right? So neutral, good friend, benefactor, difficult person, all beings. And we don't uh, tend to do this one for ourselves or at least not traditionally. If it's helpful for you to do it for yourself, oh, things are as they are, or I accept my my journey or something like that, you can. But traditionally it isn't. Let's see what else I might want to tell you. Oh, okay, so the... Um, The near neighbor is indifference. The far neighbor is, uh, is a, a attachment, uh, wanting things to be a certain way. I think you may have heard of the different Brahma Viharas, like how they relate to a child, perhaps. This Brahma Vihara is relating to a child when they're grown and they're leaving home. Is that letting go, having to recognize that they have their own life right? fits so well that image a child leaving home so like all of the Brahma Viharas this one is an exploration it's an exploration of the heart an exploration of of attachment or letting go indifference or caring without attachment so uh, you can, like with all of them, just see what comes up and uh, don't feel like you have to do it any certain way. It does tend to have a different feeling in that it's not juicy like the other ones. So so, uh, play with that. It's, it's calmer. It's quieter. I think that's good. Yeah. So, the way we're going to do this, uh, we'll do about a half hour of this practice, then there'll be time for questions. Uh, those of you who want to stay quiet, will be, there'll be opportunity to leave. Um, So bring to mind the, uh, we're not going to actually, we'll start in a second. I just want to tell you what I'm going to have you do. You'll bring to mind either the neutral person or the um, not-too-attached friend. (laughs) And um, we'll spend a little while, do whatever Brahma, Vihara connects you most, which one you're attracted to most, Metta, Karuna, Mudita, whichever one of those three, we'll do that for a little while. And then I'll suggest that you switch into the equanimity practice, and we'll do that for a while. And so we'll do that with that person, and then maybe we'll uh, bring in another person or two, and we can do the same thing. Um, So you can think now, but I'll repeat the phrases again so you can think about which one might feel like the best fit for you. So the traditional one is, you are the owner of your karma. Your happiness and sorrow depends upon your actions and not my wishes for you. I'll repeat these again while we do it, but just you can see which one has an intuitive hit for you, perhaps, so that you don't spend your whole sitting trying to figure out which phrase you want to use. Um, Or things are as they are. Things are as they are. I care for you, but I can't control your happiness or unhappiness. You have your own journey, or I respect that you have your own unique journey. Or you can even, there's. I have a whole list of ones here. I just picked out the ones I liked most. <laughs> Whether I understand it or not, things are unfolding according to a lawful nature. <laughs> no matter how much I might wish things to be under, otherwise, things are as they are. That was kind of nice too. <laughs> no matter how much I might wish things to be otherwise things are as they are or may my heart incline towards equanimity if that if that helps you may my heart incline towards equanimity okay so we'll start our practice coming into your body, sitting here feeling the settledness of this hall the energetic settledness and settling into your body, sitting breathing and bringing to mind either the Neutral person or the easy friend. Either an image or a sense of them. And sharing whichever Brahma Vihara you connect with most with this person, developing that heart connection fundamental kindness and care. When you feel connected with this person, when you feel that heart connection, you can bring in the equanimity practice. You can just see what it feels like to relax the heart and relax in the truth of how things are for this person. So there is a wordless way to do it if that works for you. It's like relaxing any contraction you may have around the heart, any attachment to your wishes. And if it helps, you can bring in the phrases, a phrase, the one that you connect with most. You are the owner of your karma. Your happiness and sorrow depend upon your actions and not my wishes for you. Just see what happens. Explore. This is the way things are right now. I care about you and I can't control your happiness or unhappiness. I respect that you have your own unique journey. no matter how much I might wish for things to be otherwise, things are as they are. You can use the phrase as long as it's helpful, and if there's a quiet, peaceful acceptance, connectedness with this person, you can rest in that and if there isn't explore what's happening coming back to the phrase to keep yourself on track find yourself going off into stories and thinking about the person's life, come back to the simplicity of a phrase. Just that simplicity. You are the owner of your karma. Your happiness and sorrow depend upon your actions and not my wishes for you. no matter how much I may wish for things to be otherwise things are just as they are settling into the heart space of this deep acceptance And if this person's particularly sticky, you can see if you can find somebody a little more neutral. Again, we go towards what's easy. Somebody where there's perhaps less attachment. Just so we can really understand the flavor of this equanimity and and then take it back to somebody who's more challenging, take that knowledge, that knowing in our hearts, but starting easy If we find our hearts heading towards attachment, is there any way to access a relaxed acceptance while still caring? What would be the roadway there, the path to that deep acceptance while caring? You could continue with this person, or if you want, exploring some of the other people that you've been connecting with over these weeks. Establishing that warmth of metta, karuna, or mudita. And extending the non-attachment of the heart through the equanimity practice the letting go the letting go of any need to control, fix, be responsible just remember you can anchor in the phrases if you find your attention wandering just exploring the meaning of what you're saying and the assumptions that may pop up then the beliefs of the heart but coming back to the simplicity of the phrases so That this exploration isn't conceptual and discursive, but more the exploration of the heart's response to this suggestion of deep acceptance, of resting, and this is the way things are right now. feel free to continue with any of the people you've been with or if you wish you can open it up spreading outwards in all beings establishing that metta connection with all beings that metta out in all directions wishing all beings well wishing happiness and safety and protection health strength and then adding in the the deep understanding of equanimity all beings are the Owners of their karma, their happiness and sorrow depend upon their actions and not my wishes. No matter how much I may wish for things to be otherwise, things are as they are. Ultimately we see how the equanimity informs the metta, the compassion the appreciative joy wishing all beings well wishing all beings happiness and health and safety with this deep understanding that Things are as they are in forming that boundless love. May all beings be safe and protected. May all beings be happy and peaceful. May all beings be strong and healthy. May my heart abide in deep equanimity. So we'll have a little time for questions. In theory, 15 minutes, but in reality, it could go a little longer. Um, So if you uh, wish to stay in silence, it's fine to leave now. If you stay, I'd like you to stay through the end of the questions. And, Rich, would you mind turning on the side lights? Do you know how to do that? It's kind of dark in here. That's different. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, questions, yes, uh huh. So the question, he said that this one felt strong to him, and should he not strengthen this one and go to the other ones? Um, I think, and whether he wanted to make sure it wasn't indifference, that would just be the key is to check that it's not indifference. Um, But it's fine if it's strong for you to do it. It's really, you don't have to go to the other ones. But like I said, just check that there's not a detachment of heart in the phrases. And if there is, then I would go back and um, do some of the other ones. If you feel like there's any kind of detachment. So there's a difference between non attachment and detachment. Sometimes we we think of them as the same. Detachment's a pulling back of some kind, a separation, a moving away from. Non attachment, you're still connected, but the heart isn't contracted around our wishes. So So, the question
1: is if this element is is strong enough, should I uh, train?
0: One, oh, if the indifference is strong, the they know the equanimity. The equanimity it's good to do all of them. So yeah, you should. You, it's great to do all of them because they they they're a package deal. <laughs> they work. I think the the Buddha was brilliant in coming up with these four because they're they work so well together. I like to have them all together, yeah. I somehow feel like I haven't quite gotten your question totally, but is that, is that okay? It's a question of balancing the,
1: the, the, yeah. the training.
0: Yeah, yeah. One is stronger than the two. You can look at it both ways. The one that we're strong in, we can keep deepening it. It's good to keep deepening it. Um, we find the deeper we go, the, the more purification of heart happens. So, it's great to strengthen one that's deep, and it's great <laughs> to um, notice if one is not in the mix or not balanced enough and to strengthen that too. So, really, they're both great. There's no, I guess, there's no real answer to your question, so maybe that's why. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Mm hmm. because they won't always be doing well. (laughs) So so it's, it's to see if a heart is attached to them being well, doing well. It'll change, right? it's not about me, it's about yeah. it's still me, it's still me wishing them something yes. I mean, yes. Yeah. Yes. so I guess that was just one if you could say something about right it. did everybody hear or should I repeat everybody heard okay um, my understanding is not that you do that you wish others have equanimity with their situation, that's not the way I understand this practice um, and I think I liked the kind of the exploration and the wisdom that you developed by seeing for yourself what was happening in that situation, that you were still wishing something for them. And, um, yeah, so, so this is a letting go in some ways of our wishes. So I think that, yeah, you were seeing that for yourself, that perhaps the, 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 the first way, the way that... Um, we're working with our own hearts that's these are really practices of working with our own heart and so the way where we're trying to um, let go of our attachment to the wishes that's the way of working with our own heart yeah okay Yes, yes. Yes. Right, right, right. This practice is challenging. It brings up that kind of um, contemplation, right? So, how. So in some ways you could say that a near neighbor of equanimity is denial of responsibility, right? Like, so it's, I, I, the, when I use the words that, we're, that um, we don't take too much responsibility, uh, what I meant about that was that we don't, um, we don't overly assume our power to shape other people's lives or to control their destiny. And yet, uh, equanimity doesn't mean that we don't take responsibility or respond to the situations that we're in, that we don't really fully step into being um, a human being in connection and part of uh, even the social situations that we find ourselves. And that, uh, yeah, so again, it's not a indifference or detachment, it's a connectedness but it this is it's a confusing practice for us right because it's it's it gets kind of murky like that so that's fine that's great you're 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 working it So what is that space where we're connected we care there's a response of the heart and yet um, there's a spaciousness of heart you could say that this, this, uh, equ- this equanimity practice is a spaciousness element of, of the other Brahma-Viharas. And does that mean, does, because we're spacious, does that mean that we don't care? How can we be spacious in the face of really immense suffering? Wow. Not easy. Yeah. I was exploring it myself in this sitting and when we went to All Beings, right? There was such a sense of grief on one level, of the immensity of suffering. And so I was exploring for myself the, the grief in response and the wish that I could control, that the wish that I was powerful enough on some level to erase all the suffering, right? And then there were times when the heart was open and spacious, and it was like still caring but not contracted. So we explore that. If any of the phrases trip you up, then you don't have to use a phrase that trips you up. You can find one that doesn't trip you up. For some people, the owner of your actions one is just too, and it doesn't take into account um, social realities that... Um, Our lives are also shaped by uh, social conditions, economic conditions, environmental conditions. So if it trips you up, go for one that uh, brings the spaciousness and the connectedness and still the warmth, but the non-attachment. Yeah. Mm Yeah uh uh-huh, Tom? Yeah,
2: um, a question about uh, the personal categories. Or the phrase I've been using, I've just become aware that it's been, it, it gets me a little closer to the um, detached indifference, not that I'm totally indifferent, but mm-hmm.
3: and I found in the, in,
2: in, the, in the guided exercise we just did now that the, the, the friend that I brought to mind, um, that, brought him to mind more, realized um, it's in a situation that needs some compassion, which mm-hmm. kind of me less, less in, in, you know, indifferent, detached, more right. into what he's going through in his life, this person. It, so on the one hand, in wanting to do the, um, uh, the expanding focus on equanimity. Can you, can you fall into getting too much into, well, I'm, I'm going to compassion
0: and not, um, yeah. and you don't
2: really move forward? Right.
0: That. So a little bit you're asking about mixing the Brahma Viharas together. Yeah. Right. And he was talking about a situation with a friend where it felt there's a lot of suffering, so then he started to move towards a compassion practice. Um, for any of the Brahma Viharas, kind of sticking with the one you're doing adds depth. So you do go, so I wouldn't do too much switching. Um, So if you're doing the equanimity practice, though, and you find there's a lot of indifference, right, then it may be finding just the warmth in the heart without changing practices necessarily. So you can still be doing the equanimity, but you can be reminding yourself of the connectedness that you have developed with the other brahma vihara so i would kind of stick with what you're doing but but there's different aspects of what you're doing that you can focus on so you can focus on the connectedness with that person and that um, may help bring in enough of the warmth that it's not indifference but it's still doing the equanimity practice so it's still within that container but the connected, you know, you, seeing the image of the person more sharply sometimes will add more of the connectedness to make sure that indifference isn't happening. Yeah. Oh, I think you were next back there. Yeah. yeah. I had a, a subject who
3: was not healthy, happy, or safe. Yeah. Doing Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I've never heard that before. That some responsibility bordering on responsibility.
0: What happens to your heart when you use that phrase? It
3: feels I feel connected. I feel like I'm almost like I'm telling the person I'm not indifferent to your stuff and I just can't help you.
0: I, I yeah. can help you but I can't do anything. Is, that sounds that, that sounds like equanimity then. hmm Yeah. So you find what where the heart feels yeah, connected but understanding. <laughs> that way it that that's like a protection for you that it doesn't go into indifference in some ways like phrasing it that way. Yeah, we're looking for a connected and a connectedness and understanding. Mhm. Good. Yeah. So the question was about the value of sticking with certain phrases or um, a little bit changing phrases depending on the person perhaps or the day or what's happening for you. There's kind of no correct answer to your question, but some considerations are. Keeping the same phrases, there's a simplicity that will sometimes increase concentration and deepen the practice that way. Changing phrases sometimes helps bring up the energy if, if, if it's just not there enough, it, the connectedness and the energy, and that's supportive. So it's, it's, they're, they're both supportive in different ways. Staying with the same phrases are supportive in the concentration, and um, changing them is supportive in the connectedness and energy. I'm a simplicity gal myself. I tend to want to suggest uh, the simplicity. And then really what we do is we do it, this exploration in our own practice and we see what the results are. So does it is it helpful for you when you switch phrases? Is it Is it strengthening the metta? Is it not leading to too much discursiveness? That's a risk with the switching the phrases too is we start thinking too much about the person's situation and we get discursive and scattered rather than continually coming back to our hearts and the exploration. That's a risk there, right? Sometimes the risk with just staying with the single phrases is it gets too rote and dry. So you have, so just, it's like we do the exploration, we see for ourselves what the results are, so we learn for ourselves what is um, most helpful for deepening, stabilizing, connecting.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I was exploring with two different phrases, and I noticed a very distinct difference, Mm -hmm. and I was wondering which one might be more scopeful. The first one uh, I used was, I care about you, but I can't control your happiness or unhappiness. And I noticed a warmth in the heart, and uh, it was similar to meta, but a little different. Um, And then I noticed sort of a slight equanimous feeling as well. And then I also explored the uh, I respect that you're on your own journey, and there was equanimity, but no warmth. Um, So I'm thinking maybe I could try and induce the warmth with just the feeling space while saying that phrase, Um, the second one, or what
0: do you think about this? Did uh, you guys hear or should I repeat? Maybe I'll repeat for the people in the back. he noticed with the first phrase, I care about you and I can't control your happiness or unhappiness, there was warmth and there seemed to be, it was like metta, but it seemed like there was a, some equanimity, a little equanimity in there. And then he was doing the phrase, um, you, I respect that you have your own journey and there wasn't any warmth or not much warmth and how would, which one might be better or how he might work with them. It's great. I love the exploration. Um, with the second one, you could see if the image of sharpening the image of the person brings some warmth. You know, the, you, I respect that you have your own journey. Um, it brings some more connectedness and warmth. So you could try that, like, really, the image. Um, see, equanimity. There's warmth, but there's also there. There's a kind of coolness that isn't detachment. So it get it can be quite a bit quieter and not have the same juice feeling as the other ones do. So that's okay too. It's just that we don't want it to have a detached feeling. Like, yeah. Yeah.
3: The second one didn't it didn't feel detached. It's just the first one. There was a, actually a good amount of warmth. Yeah. So that's why I was like. Second one was all
0: I would keep playing with the second one, see what happens.
3: Cool, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It seems to me that um, this practice might, well, for me, what I found was that I was using um, your choices are yours, and um, it seemed to help this feeling of... Um, like, you have your karma, I have mine. But I also found a little bit of that judgment, like, mm. um, well, you're suffering because you made these choices. And um, I noticed I had this habit of like thinking that you know I'm suffering because it's my fault, or other people are suffering because it's mm. their fault. And so what seemed to help was this understanding of anatta. Like, we're all just sort of in this, and none of it is ours, ultimately. Um, I wonder if you have more comment
0: on that—an yeah.
1: like unfinished experience. But
0: that's... yeah. So the question was, she's using the phrase "your choice is yours," and then she found herself kind of reflecting on this feeling. Sometimes we can get that if we're suffering, it's our fault, which is which is not the flavor of karma, because this is a real. Some of this is a karma experiment, right? You are the owner of your actions. But sometimes that's how the Western mind especially can interpret karma, that, oh, this, it's your fault. <laughs> if you're suffering, it's your fault. So just to make sure you understand. I, I think you do, but I'm bringing it up again. Like That isn't what the uh, understanding of karma is. Um, and then she said it was helpful to understand that this is all anatta and that it's, it's uh, just chain of conditioning. It's not ours. Anything that helps let go of the attachment while you're doing it can be helpful. However, the Brahma Viharas are a practice of relative reality. So um, in some ways, I I would wonder, and you could check out yourself, whether the understanding of anatta cools the heart um, in a way that feels like equanimity and not detachment. (laughs) so looking for yourself like where that understanding takes you if it takes you to true equanimity great, do it if it takes you to a little bit of distancing or detachment then I would question whether it's helpful sometimes it's interesting we're here doing these, um, the Vipassana practice which is really about dissembling Relative conventional reality—we're like taking it apart in some ways—and then we do the Brahma Vihara practices, which are really a practice of conventional reality, of relative reality, of yeah, I exist, you exist, and and we're figuring out how we relate to each other, <laughs> or I'm figuring out how I relate to you, um, in a way that's wholesome, beautiful, skillful. Um, so it's 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 a intri- Sometimes when we go to doing the Brahma Viharas and we've been doing the Vipassana. It's a different feeling. It's a really different practice. So I don't know if you need to work too hard to put them together, but if it's helpful, if that reflection is helpful, then yeah, great. Do it. Mhm. Yes. We'll take one or two more, and then I'll set you free.
4: that it's just that, it's it's a form of suffering that is more obvious, and that I, uh, that there are, you know, that suffering is measurable and numerous, and there are forms of suffering that are more tangible and easy to see, and those that not see, and so and part of my equanimity practice has been not to judge or assume I have enough, Information to understand the totality of the difference between different people's experiences, yeah. and that some things are more relatively or tangibly visible in certain ways, and others are others. Especially since you know the teaching is all—all all these wonderful things that you want aren't really going to bring you. Like I, I just remind myself that it's the way that we're. Where it's part of what I do is remind myself that it's the way that. We're at things, and there can be um, there's so much else to the picture. Not in a sense to, yeah. really to reduce what's going on, but in a sense to dissolve the illusion that they're karmically being punished, as opposed to someone else. When I have no idea what's going on, with mm-hmm. them. Do
0: you know. Mm-hmm.
4: What I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's one thing that I incorporate in something like, you know, I acknowledge I, I, not just your journey as your own, but I, I can never fully understand your journey with mm. my mm. limited perception of it, all these things like that. That's and, great. And, um, and the other thing I, I noticed that I do, kind of same question as his was over there, is um, with the equanimity, depending on who the person is, with each of them, depending on who the person is and my relationship with them, I might need, not to veer off practicing one of the Baharas, but I might need to s- start with a different one mm-hmm. to get me to a place to be able to access the second one. Like, mm-hmm. so I might need to practice compassion for somebody so that right afterwards I can give them metta. Or I might need to, um, do an equanimity practice for someone I'm really close to. Like, if, if it's a difficult person, I need to practice compassion before I give them metta. Or if it's someone yeah. I'm really yeah. close to and I want them to be so happy, I might have to practice equanimity first and then give them metta.
0: Yeah, it's beautiful.
4: You know, and so yeah. it's almost like I'm keeping the consistency, but I'm like arranging the order so that I create gateways for myself.
0: Okay, uh huh. I like that gateways. the way in, you're finding the way in with different people. yeah, depending on, yeah, it's different for different people. Um, and I want to go back to what you said. I think that's an important piece of equanimity is kind of holding that it's all that there's something larger than our little minds can figure out. <laughs> That there's some that there's something happening that maybe is a mystery or um, larger than we can really figure out um, with the cognitive mind the Buddha as you know said karma is one of the imponderables you see, you'll just drive yourself nuts if you're trying to figure it out because you can't really figure out the particulars and um also, when, when um, Buddhists talk about perhaps like we talk about somebody we know you have your own unique journey, we're thinking in terms of lifetimes. So like what somebody needs to learn or what is happening for somebody in this lifetime may just be a, is just a small segment of the whole journey. Yeah, so maybe we can't understand what all of that is. Yeah, that that's a kind of one little piece of equanimity that's all larger, perhaps, than we can figure out. Yeah. I think we should probably... Oh, one more thought before we end. The serenity prayer from the 12-step program, it's an equanimity prayer. If that one works for you, do it. Let me see if I, I can... I'm not always sure I can remember every part of it, but what is it? Somebody help me out. Uh, God grant me the... That's the last line, right? But there's the first two. Yeah, God grant. Okay, did y'all hear it? I can't always remember it, but that's an equanimity prayer, isn't it? I mean, it's a, it's connected, and it cares, and yet there's some letting go. God grant me the surrender. I'm I'm not going to remember it. Somebody want to say it loudly? yeah good stuff that's good stuff
2: yeah
0: all right Mm, so let's just take a minute this this one works people up a little bit so let's just take a couple minutes to settle before we uh, leave the hall Uh, feeling the body sitting whatever thoughts have been stirred up allowing them to settle Settling into the breath, breathing, the body sitting. Feeling compassion and care for ourselves as we explore these heart qualities. Maybe confusing at times or unsure. That's okay, that's part of the exploration. and appreciate all of us, each other, for exploring together. Thank you.
2: Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit